0: Well, before we dive into the talk, I I do have one announcement that I wanted to share. Uh, Our church, it's so awesome that we gather here on the weekends. And I just want to remind you, church is way more than just Sunday. Uh, Obviously, Sunday is a great time where we worship and we pray and we engage in God's truth uh, together. But we have groups that meet all throughout the week. Uh, We have coaching groups, men's groups, women's groups, city groups. We have explorer groups that go into specific Topics And so if you haven't dove into a group or taken that risk to try that, I really want to encourage you. You go on our website, and they're all there. Uh, One of the groups I want to invite you to is starting in May called M2 that I will be leading. Uh, It is Tuesday nights at 630, and it's all about helping you find your purpose. If you didn't know, you're gifted. Just everyone say or repeat after me, I'm gifted. You're gifted, whether you, whether you believe it or not, you have so many gifts, it's incredible, and, uh, but sometimes all your different giftings can be a, uh, a very great disguise or a distraction in disguise that keeps you from doing what you're really supposed to be doing, uh, what really wakes you up in the morning. And so this is a seven-week uh, kind of through a biblical lens of narrowing down all your different giftings and the way that you're wired and then help you narrow that down into a two-word vision statement. So whether you're heading into a new stage of life, maybe you're retired or you're just graduated and you're just like, man, I don't even know what the heck I'm supposed to do yet. If you feel a little lost in your purpose, then I want to invite you to join me on the journey of M2 starting in May, uh, Tuesday nights at 6.30. It was 1995, and there was a group of teenagers that were on a bus, put on a bus en route to 12 Oaks mall and they were given a dare and not just any kind of dare, but a dare to share where literally they would be dared to go into the mall, walk up to a perfect stranger and ask them if they were to die tonight, do they know where they would be spending their eternity? This was an evangelism training conference for teenagers. And I was a part of that, and it rocked my world, literally. I'll never forget walking into the mall, was right outside of Lord and Taylor when we was still there. And I'm sitting there and and, and, and there's this seating area, and I've got my group of friends that are like praying for me and daring me, okay, you got this, go share, you can do this. And in my seventh grade, skinny scrawny self and I was just this like I had a, I hadn't still have a this stuttering problem and I'm thinking okay I got to do this I got to do this I got to do this I'm, I'm I'm freaking out and I walk up to this 50 year old and it's like excuse me sir you know I'm like so nervous you know like, if, if, if 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 you were to to to, to happen to die today do, do you know where you would spend your eternity and he looks at me And it felt like an eternity of silence. And he says, scram, kid. And I just ran away. And I'm like running back to my friends. And I'm like just, you know, running back to them. And they're looking at me. And I was so jacked up because I did it. I was rejected, but it didn't matter. I took the dare to share. And, you know, if a seventh grade stutterer could do it, then anyone Could do it. And you know, sometimes when we think about daring ourselves to do things, a lot of times we think about stupid stuff. Like, you know, we think of the old game truth or dare, and maybe you have some haunting memories that are coming to your brain. I'm sorry to bring those up. Um, But there's dares in our lives that are good because dares in our lives that challenge us and stretch us to do things that we never could even imagine were possible. And that's why we're doing this series on Daniel called Truth and Dare. Because it's laced with so much truth. And so much dare is to push us to become who God has created and designed us to be. And to become and to look more and more like God. And what we're going to see today is Daniel being dared to share. And he was being dared to share in a very uncomfortable, very like intense situation. But we're going to see how he still was willing to share. And then the goal for us... Is to push ourselves, to ask ourselves, do we have the guts to take a step, to take that stand, to dare, to share? Because we know what is at stake for those of us that are Jesus followers in the room. I love how Skip Heitzig said it like this. He says, a church that doesn't evangelize will eventually fossilize. Wow. And that's why here at Miles City, our vision is to be a share-shape sending church. Because if we don't share, then there'll be no one to disciple and shape, and if we don't uh, share, then there'll be no one to send out and go and be on mission and to multiply, and our church will just flat out die. And it's a problem, because there is the greatest message that, uh, that we have in the palm of our hands. That 2,000 years ago, God sent his one and only son, Jesus Christ, who loved us so much that he paid the penalty for sin so that we didn't have to. And that all who call upon the name of Jesus will be saved from the penalty of that sin and not spend eternity in pain, but in paradise with our creator. It's unbelievable, this message. And so we know what is at stake. And so our goal today is to push us, to stretch us to be people that are willing to dare to share. Now, I'm not saying that I'm going to make everyone or challenge everyone to leave here today and go right to 12 Oaks Small and start sharing your faith to strangers. For some of you, that's actually what you need to do because that's how you're wired and you're ready to do that. But for others of you, that might just mean finally being intentional and having that invite with that specific friend or coworker or family member or neighbor that it's time to just speak up a little bit more. Or maybe that's just inviting somewhere to uh, something like this or to a group. Or, or maybe it's doing an act of kindness or generosity, not in just the name of goodwill, but in the name of Jesus Christ. And so our goal today is that we would be stretched to be people that are willing to dare to share. But before we dive into this text, let me just pray for us as we open up his word together. So Father, help us to see what you want us to see today. And in the quietness of this moment, I just ask all of you right now to just ask God, wherever you're at, just say, God, speak to me. Just ask him. Speak to me. As always, Father, control my mind and my pace and my speech. Get me out of the way. Pray this in the power of your son's name, Jesus. And everyone said, amen. So if you have a copy of the scriptures, please open it up to the book of Daniel. It's sandwiched between the book of Ezekiel and Hosea and the Old Testament. Grab that Daniel journal or your phone or something to write down. Mark stuff up because the more that you mark stuff up, the more it will hopefully mark your life up and have an everlasting change on your life. Now, before we dive into the text, I just want to kind of set things up. Last week, we dove into chapter one and we talked about how Daniel dared to be distinct, dared to be different. He stood up for that. And as we turn the pages on chapter 2, it's like a lot of chaos starts to stir up. Uh, This is a real historical event. This isn't just made up. This is a real historical event that took place in the 600 B.C., time about 604 B.C. This was during the second reign of King Nebuchadnezzar. And what was happening as we kick off this chapter is he was having some restless nights. He was tossing and turning. He was having dreams that were haunting him and keeping him up at night. You ever have those dreams that just seem so real? And you wake up and it just startles you and you're sweating and it takes you some time to decompress because you thought it was real. You're like, oh my goodness, did that really happen? And you're you're checking on everyone, making sure everyone's still there. And this is what was happening to him. He was having these these restless nights. And so he's so distraught about it. He's so haunted by these dreams that King Nebuchadnezzar, this pagan evil king at the time, the king of Babylon, calls on all of the wise men of Babylon to come and interpret his dream. Okay, so hey, I just need someone to interpret this dream. Let me know what this dream is about and interpret it for me. Okay, no big deal, right, you would think. However, he added another layer to it and said that if you don't get it right, if you don't interpret it right, that I'm going to have you torn from limb to limb. So these wise men, if they're wise, they're probably thinking, well, I'm not going to open up my mouth, you know what I mean? And so some of these wise guys went to uh, King Nebuchadnezzar and said, okay, listen, your request just seems a little too much. It's just, it's impossible for us to actually pull off. That set King Nebuchadnezzar off so much so that then he made a decree to kill every wise man that he put into power in Babylon, including Daniel and his friends Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And so then Ariok, was the commander of the army at that time, was starting to go and send the message of how they had to be brought to the king and they were going to be killed. And so because of God's protection and God's favor upon Daniel and the wisdom and the discernment that he gave Daniel, Daniel asked the Ariok commander saying, hey, give me some more time so I can go to my God and get the interpretation to get this dream revealed to me. And so Ariok gave him a little more time. And so it says that Daniel went to his friends and asked them to pray. And then sure enough, that night, God gave Daniel the vision of the dream of King Nebuchadnezzar. And so Daniel then goes to Ariok and says, I'm ready. Put me before the king, and I'm ready to share with him about this dream. So, right, a lot of drama. Let's open up chapter two, right? I mean, that's the setting, that's the stage. Okay, I hope you're with me. And we're going to kick it off into verse 24. So you can follow along on the screen or right there in your Bible. Chapter two, verse 24. It says this Therefore, Daniel went into Arioch, whom the king had appointed to destroy the wise men of Babylon. He went and said thus to him Do not destroy the wise men of Babylon. Bring me in before the king, and I will show the king. The interpretation. You notice the confidence. Like he just knew that what God told him was right. And he had the confidence and he just went after it. Notice it wasn't arrogance. It was confidence. And there's a difference. And this reminds us that when we dare to share, we need to dare to share confidently. To be people, to be Jesus followers that are willing to dare to share confidently. Knowing what is at stake. And we have to remember who he's dealing with. King Nebuchadnezzar, who was cruel and crazy, I mean, we know that he was the king that would literally like roast people over fires. This is the guy that was creating the fiery furnace that we're going to read about next week in chapter 3. This was the one that we read in 2 Kings 25 where he took King Zedekiah and had his kids killed, his boys killed right in front of him. And then right after that, gouged out his eyes so that the last visual thing he would remember was his kids being killed. I mean, just crazy, horrific guy. This is who... Daniel's going to go approach. And so Daniel knows what's at stake. He knows his life's on the line. He knows his friends' lives are on the line. And he knows that his enemies who were jealous of him, that their lives too were on the line. Reminding us that we as Jesus followers, may we be people that dare to share confidently. And today that we would stir up even more confidence to remember what's at stake. To understand that if people leave this earth without knowing Jesus, that they're not going to face the wrath of Nebuchadnezzar, but they'll face the wrath of a holy and righteous almighty God. And so may we be people that dare to share confidently to our loved ones, to the people that we know and to the people that we don't know, to the people that are difficult, even those people, to speak up before it's too late. It reminds me of a, a recent story of a member of our church, uh, Bill Baldwin. His brother uh, wasn't doing well and um, was in the hospital, and I was talking to him. I said, well, have you shared, you know, does he know Jesus? He says, I, I don't think so. I was like, have you shared with him? He's like, yeah, through the time, but he just, you know, hasn't. I said, well, you better get over there and be bold. Get over there and be bold and be confident. So Bill goes over there to the hospital and, shares the amazing good news of Jesus Christ and Bill's brother received Jesus as a Savior and then later passed away. It's never too late. Now, I know it, the story always doesn't go that way, but may that encourage us. Like when you think about the people that you know and you love that still don't know, Are you still having the confidence to be stirred up in you to keep going after them, to not give up on them, and to keep trying to show them Jesus by your words and your actions? And so as you're taking notes, who do you need to have more confidence when it comes to sharing your faith? I want you to grab in your pen, grab and write in that journal, write those names down. Who do you need to be more confident in even this week to send that text, to send that call, to set up that meeting, to go meet with them, to have the confidence to bring it up maybe for the first time or for the thousandth time. Verse 25 says this. Then Arioch brought in Daniel before the king in haste and said thus to him, I have found among the exiles from Judah a man who will make known to the king the interpretation. Liar. He was a liar. Go back. Arioch says I have found? No, 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 He hasn't found it. Daniel's the one who came after him and found it and gave him the in, in, interpretation. He was trying to steal the glory in this moment. Then it continues. Here's what it says. It says, The king declared to Daniel, whose name was Belshazzar, Are you able to make known to me the dream that I have seen in its interpretation? And Daniel answered the king and said, No wise men, enchanters, magicians, or astrologers can show you, the king, the mystery that the king has asked. But then watch this. Notice how Daniel responds. But there is a God. But there is a God in heaven who reveals mysteries. And he has made known to King Nebuchadnezzar that he will be in the latter days. Your dream and the visions of your head as you lay in bed are these. And he starts to explain to you, O king, as you lay in bed came thoughts of what would be after this. And he who reveals mysteries made known to you what it is to be. But as for me, this mystery has been revealed to me. Not because of any wisdom that I, not that I have more than all the living but in order that the interpretation may be known to the king and that you may know the thoughts of your mind notice the difference between arioch and daniel arioch wanted to steal the glory he wanted to you know look at what i've found look what look what i have done look what look at how i look what i can share or daniel at any moment could have taken the glory Right? He, could have, he could have totally taken the glory and, 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 and gotten you know, elevated for what he has found. But instead, he gave all the glory to God, reminding us that as we dare to share it, not only confidently, but we need to be people that dare to share humbly. And this also reminds us that humility makes a difficult message easier to hear on the receiving end. And this is why it's so important, and I say this all the time, but vision leaks. And I just want to remind you, when it comes to sharing our faith with humility and having just this, this humbleness, that's why we always say and encourage, always ask permission first. Never start trying to force something down someone's throat. Never never start getting like mad like you have to defend God. Like God will defend himself. You just need to be obedient to share it. And never, never come across like you've got all the answers. And, and look at what me, look at me. You're wrong. I'm right. You're trash. I'm not. Look at me. You know. Now I know you might not come. Up, you might not verbally say it like that, but sometimes we can come across that way by just the way that we're responding. And so it's so important to say, hey, tell me about your faith, and actually listen and admire their beliefs respect their beliefs, hear what they have to say, and then say, hey, I hear what you say, but can I share with you what God has revealed to me? And if they say yes, then you share. And not only sharing the truth, but sharing the vulnerability of your story that you were a wretch that was saved by grace. And you let them know how lost you were, but then God found you and cleaned you up and fixed you, and you tell the story of your redemption. So may we be people that are daring to share humbly with vulnerability. I ask you the question, are you sharing with humility and vulnerability? Think of the last time you shared your faith. How was your attitude? How was your approach? Or are you coming off as a know-it-all? That's like a self-reflective question. Only you know that. Where might you need to shift? It continues. It says, This, you saw, O king, and behold, the great image. This image, mighty and of exceeding brightness, stood before you, and its appearance was frightening. The head of this image was of fine gold, its chest and arms of silver, its middle and thighs of bronze, its legs of iron, its feet partly of iron and partly of clay. As you looked, a stone was cut out by no human hand, and it struck the image on its feet of iron and clay and broke them in pieces. Then the iron, the clay, the bronze, the silver, and the gold all together were broken in pieces and became like the chaff of the summer, threshing floors. And the wind carried them away so that not a trace of them could be found. But the stone that struck the image became a great mountain and filled the whole earth. And some of you are probably wondering, what the heck was that all about? (laughs) It's like, wait, what? Now, before we get into the interpretation, he was just explaining the dream. One of the things that is important to note here is this reminds us the importance of us being people that dare to share relatably. You see, God in his sovereignty used a statue to get the attention of King Nebuchadnezzar. King Nebuchadnezzar knew statues really well. He had 13 other gods that he made statues for all throughout the Babylonian Empire that people would be bowing down to. He knew statues. And so God gave him a dream of a statue to get his attention and then uses Daniel to interpret this dream about a statue, reminding us the importance to be people that dare to share relatably, to speak to people on their level, to relate with them, to not go over their heads. One of my favorite quotes of all time is by an old hillbilly from West Virginia, or no, from Kentucky, sorry. And uh, he lived here for 40 years and fortunately passed away. He was a good family friend. And um, he never got to come to Miles City Church. We were in the process of planting it, but he'd come up to me and he would encourage me. And he'd say, son, I just remember, I, I'm not a sophisticated man. You know, I don't know all those fancy words, but when you preach, just remember to cut it up fine, to put it down low so the little lambs can eat it. Travis, just make sure you cut it up fine and put it down low so the little lambs can eat it. And he'd be like looking, like I feel like a lamb was just gonna like come across, you know, and, 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 I use this every week. If you go in our office upstairs in one of the rooms and our teaching team meets, that's there. This is in my office at my house. And every time I get done with a message, I ask myself, is it cut up enough? Is it fine enough? Sometimes I get it right. Sometimes you're looking at your watch. You're like, he needs to cut that up a little bit more. Okay, I understand, I understand. Uh, But when it comes to just sharing the gospel with people, man, we gotta make sure we're, relating to people on their level and cutting it up fine enough. This is the most amazing, simple message on the planet. I mean, and, and God in his, in his greatness has made the gospel the center and everything else in his, cre- in his creation relates to it. I mean, in, in, in people's hobbies and what they do, their relationships. I mean, just anyone like, what do you do for work? Someone shout it out. Hospital work. Hospital work. Okay. I mean, if you work in a hospital and you're dealing with the body, right? I mean, it's so complex and it's unbelievable. And yet, even though all the science and all the things that we know, I mean, even with the human heart, right? We know so much about the heart, but yet we still, scientists, can't figure out what actually ignites the heart. I mean, there's so many things like, so what do you think about all that? And you start talking about just the medical field and and the body. And it's like, there's got to be something behind it all. What do you think is behind it? And so here's can I give you a homework assignment? I'm going to give you a homework. I know it's a church, but just here's a homework assignment. When you think about the people that you know that don't know Jesus yet, what are they into? What do they love? And prepare yourself. <clears throat> prepare yourself for those conversations. Figure out what they love. And then figure out how God connects that. I mean, sports, I mean, baseball. There's so many things that you can tie the gospel into in just beautiful ways. And so I want to encourage you, write down right now these people's names that you know that you need to share. And then what do they love? And then start to think about, okay, how in those moments when God brings himself up or when I ask the question, that I'm ready to give the gospel in a relatable way that meets them right Where they're at. Are we being people that are being relatable? Verse 36 says this. This was the dream. So here we go. Here's the interpretation of the dream. I'll try to help us through this. There's a lot here. Okay, we could spend two weeks on just this interpretation, but cut it up fine, right? Here we go. So this was the dream. Now we will tell the king its interpretation. You, O king, the king of kings, to whom the God of heaven has given the kingdom, power and the might and the glory, and into whose hands he has given, wherever they dwell, the children of man, the beasts of the field, and the birds of the heavens, making you rule over them all. Stop. Right here. You are the head of gold. This is showing King Nebuchadnezzar in this dream, you are represented as the head of gold, the Babylonian Empire. It continues. Another kingdom inferior to you shall arise after you which in history we know, that was the Medo-Persian Empire that came right after the Babylonian Empire. And yet, a third kingdom of bronze, which shall rule over all the earth, which is representing Alexander the Great, who took over the earth, right? And there shall be a fourth kingdom, strong as iron, which represents the Roman Empire. Because iron breaks to pieces and shatters all things, and like iron that... crushes, it shall break and crush all these. It continues. And as you saw the feet and toes, now as we explain these next two verses, you're living them. We are the now the divided nations that represent the toes. And as you saw the feet and toes, partly of potter's clay and partly of iron, it shall be a divided kingdom, but some of the firmness of iron shall be in it, just as you saw iron mixed with the soft clay. And as the toes of the feet were partly iron and partly clay, so the kingdom shall be partly strong and partly brittle. As you saw the iron mixed with soft clay, so they will mix with one another in marriage, but they will not hold together just as iron does not mix with clay. And so there's a lot here, but one of the things I want to just point out very importantly is that Daniel shared accurately and we need to be people that dare to share accurately. King Nebuchadnezzar literally threw himself on the floor after this, elevating Daniel's God and then elevated Daniel to higher power and influence. And it got me thinking, why in the world did King Nebuchadnezzar actually believe Daniel? What does that show us? That reminds us that when we dare to share, God's the producer, not you we're the planters, we're the waterers, but he's the producer of the seed. And so that takes the stress off. He's the producer. I mean, why in the world would God was preparing King Nebuchadnezzar's heart. He went ahead of Daniel, preparing King Nebuchadnezzar's heart to actually believe that Daniel's interpretation of the dream was actually correct. And then this also shows us the accuracy because now here's a better way maybe to help you see for all of you visual people. This helps me. It's like your words and stuff. It's like, but here it's like everything we just read can be put in here. Here's the, here's the statue represent. This all happened. This isn't made up. Like sometimes when I talk to people that are like, yeah, but the Bible it's just a bunch of fairy tale, I'm like, yeah, you're kind of showing you're not being real intellectual here because you're not showing the brain power of there is so much historical accuracy to this. And again, I could go on so much, but let me just give you one real fun tip. This age right here, Alexander the Great, the Greek Empire, okay? Besides the Bible. The historical writings of Josephus, it's unbelievable. It talks about when Alexander the Great was on his conquest, that he got to Israel. And when he got to Israel, it says that the Jewish priest went out and met Alexander the Great and showed him Daniel chapter 2 and said, this is the fulfillment of the prophecy. And it says that Alexander the Great in that moment paid homage to the God of the Jews. You can't make this stuff up. This is real. This is so accurate. This is so precise. It's unbelievable. And that's why we have to be people. That when we share the truth, we have to share all of the truth, not just parts of it. Both grace and truth. And that's why we have this as an option you can put on the phone. We have that slide here. This is, um, you can grab your phone if you want. If you don't have this, you can QR code it. This is from Dare to Share in the eighth grade. This is the acronym that I've used ever since I was in the eighth grade to make sure that when I share the truth, that I'm sharing it with full accuracy. You can't just talk about, like, you know, hellfire and brimstone without talking about the grace and the love of Jesus. But you can't just talk about the grace and love and rainbows and unicorns without talking about how there is a problem and there is a penalty for sin. You can't just talk about the death, though, and not talk about the resurrection because then it would be pointless, right? And so we got to make sure that we're sharing the entire truth. And so literally, if you just memorized this acronym and you just had it at the tip of your tongue, you would share the accuracy of the full gospel of Jesus Christ and the good news. So may we be people that share with accuracy. And so, can you go back to the other slide? Again, this happened, this happened, this happened, this happened. We're living this right now. And so if all of this took place and this we're living in, you better believe that what he says next is going to happen. And let me read you the rest of the interpretation of the dream. Verse 44, here's the future. And in the days of those kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom that shall never be destroyed, nor shall the kingdom be left to another people. It shall break in pieces all these kingdoms and break them to an end, and it shall stand forever forever. Just as you saw that a stone was cut from a mountain by no human hand, and that it broke in pieces, the iron, the bronze, the clay, the silver, and the gold. Literally, this top-heavy statue literally just gets demolished by the stone. A great God has been made known to the king, which shall be after this. The dream is certain, and its interpretation is sure. The prediction, the prophecy of the final kingdom of a chief cornerstone that will come back and rule and his reign will last forever. And that's Jesus who has revealed himself. And as I read this passage, it connected me to the other passage where Jesus says this, see if you make the connection for yourself. He says the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. This was the Lord's doing and it is marvelous in our eyes. Therefore, I tell you, the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to people producing its fruit. And the one who falls on this stone will be broken to pieces. And when it falls on anyone, it will crush him. Jesus came. And he's coming back. And it's guaranteed. Are you ready? Are you ready? I hope you are ready. I really, really hope you are ready. The only way you're ready is if you've surrendered your life to Jesus. If not, then you're not ready. If you are ready, if you're a Jesus follower, may we be Jesus followers that are daring to share confidently humbly relatably and accurately I want to encourage you to put yourself through this funnel what does it mean for you to be a dare to share type of a person where might you need a little bit of a boost when it comes to you Sharing your faith. Listen, we know what's at stake, right? There's a lot at stake. And... So, let me just kind of close with this. So, we, we, we've given a, a strategy as our church this year, back in the fall, to be a, a sharing church and to try to have 700 gospel conversations attempts just to get on first to just try even if you get rejected that still counts and so if you walked in you maybe saw like this baseball diamond with a bunch of ping pong balls so what we're challenging us all to do is to grab a marker and then when you share and you make that attempt that you write that person's name in whether they believed or not and you drop it in you made the attempt to share and then, if they actually received the gospel of Jesus, then you grab a yellow ball and you write their name down, and we get to measure and celebrate. Have you put one in yet? Jesus follower? Since the fall time, since we put this before us, have you shared your faith yet? Or maybe you did back in the fall, but it's April now. Have you done another one recently? Listen, I, I, I know like it's not easy to do. I mean, we get in these funks and we kind of go like, I, I mean, look at like right now I'm sharing the gospel on stage. This is the easy part because you guys don't talk back. Well, sometimes you do, but you know, I, but I, I'm, I'm challenged myself. I mean, this is, again, this is the easy part to share the gospel on, on stage, but in my neighborhood, on the ball field, in the grocery store with my family. Okay. That's where it gets intense. It's like game on, but come on, what would change? Like, like, what, what if, what if in the next few weeks you go to grab a ping pong ball over there and you can't even get it in the in the box because there's so many in there? What would happen if I got to say, "Hey, Sean, or he's our operations director. You're going to have to build another one because we can't contain them." And listen, I. I know they're ping pong balls. It's just for us to put the vision in front of us, just creatively. But man, think about the family. Think about the coworker. Think about the person you're next to in line at the store that's like desperate. And then this, when I bring this to the forefront of my mind, and I often don't do this because it it's messes with me too much, but I'm going to mess with you. And uh, When Jesus comes back, as we read in Revelation, there's the day of judgment day. And I always imagine someone calling my name. Travis. Travis. Why didn't you tell me? Why? And for some, I can say, I tried. But she didn't listen. I mean, I tried. Remember? Remember this day? Remember this time? I tried. But then there'll be others. Travis, why didn't you tell me? I was too scared. I got too busy. I guess your eternity didn't matter to me. That disturbs me. And if you're a Jesus follower and that doesn't disturb you, I don't know what's wrong with you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I don't deserve your grace. If you're a Jesus follower, just just say that. I don't deserve your grace. But thank you. Like, why did you wake my mind up? Why did you wake everyone else's mind up who has a relationship with you in the room today? And not my neighbor's. Why me? But thank you. Thank you for your grace and mercy that has saved me. As we continue to pray, Jesus, Fowler, listen. I'm going to ask you to commit to daring to share today. And I'm going to ask you, on the count of three, to say, if you want to be intentional this week, that you're going to go after that person that you know you need to go after. You're not going to delay anymore. It's never too late. You're going to bring it up again or you're going to bring it up for the first time to someone you know or someone you don't know. But if this week you're going to commit to say, I'm going to be intentional about making the contact, about daring to share, then I'm going to count to three. I'm going to ask you boldly to stand up so I can pray for you. And this will be a commitment for this week. And listen, don't just stand up because that's like the spiritual thing to do. Like, only do it if you really mean it. And if you don't stand up, don't feel less than or not as spiritual. Just like, but if that's you, like, I want to pray over you as a church family to give you the courage and the wisdom as you share this week. So if you want to take the Dare to Share challenge, I'm going to count to three. And you stand. One, two, three. You just stand right where you're at so I can pray for you amen anyone else when you think of that neighbor that family member that friend is there anyone else that you're going to try this week to attempt to share with them the good news of Jesus What an army. This is a great army. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask that you would give every single person standing exactly what they need. That you would show off your power through them. You say that we can scale any wall with your strength. And I know some of these conversations that these folks are going to attempt are very scary, very difficult. But God, give them the wisdom. Help them to have the confidence and the humility. Help them to be able to relate and give them accuracy. Right now, we just lift up the people that they're thinking about by name. If you're standing, just go ahead and just lift up those people that you want to share with today. Just ask God for strength lift up their name right now Amen. Amen As we continue to pray I'm going to ask everyone else who's not standing to stand up all of us standing up in the room Are you ready If you were to die today are you ready have you had someone pay the penalty of your sin because your works or how good you are will not do it only the power of jesus can wash away your sin and that's why he died for you because he loves you you don't have to understand everything to believe in something but if you have never surrendered your life to king jesus then let today be the day don't delay And so I'm gonna lead you in a real prayer, a real conversation between you and God and you make it your own. And I want you to declare it out loud. The scriptures say that if we openly declare with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, that he is our savior, then we will be saved through our faith and trust in King Jesus. So I want you to pray this prayer, repeat it out loud in this room. Don't worry, you're not gonna pray it alone because every other Jesus follower in the room is gonna join you in this prayer as everyone repeats after me, either for the first time or just in unison as a church, just say, Heavenly Father, I need you. I'm tired of carrying my sin. I confess it to you. Save me. Thank you for dying for me and resurrecting for me. Right now, I receive you, Jesus, to be the king of my life. Now, as we continue to pray right now, just know that if you meant that for the first time, the scriptures are so clear that you now will no longer perish, but you will have everlasting life. And everyone said and celebrates, amen. Can we give it up for those who put their faith in Jesus for the first time today? Amen. You can go ahead and have a seat. And as you have a seat, if you did put your faith in Jesus for the first time, or maybe you did that as you were watching online, we want to beg you, please do not walk alone. That would be the dumbest thing you could ever do. There is a party going on in heaven for your new uh, decision that you've made in Jesus. And so we want to celebrate with you or answer any questions you have. You can text the number on the screen there. And we'd love to just, again, reach out and just celebrate this amazing decision uh, that God has done in your life.